Well, with that being said, when pastors tend to get sick, pastor asked someone kind of late minute, you know, hey, can you fill in? I, you know, it's not easy. It's like, yeah, I'll fill in. But, you know, sometimes when you have full-time work, you know, you have to find some time. So I, the Lord put something on my heart, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, this is something I've never prayed. I could need some time. Why don't we just do something easy, something that's simple? You know, the Lord's like, no, I want you to talk about this. So um, just my, bear with me with it being a Wednesday. Um, I have a, things to say, so hopefully I can get it out in a concise and understandable manner. <laughs> and I'm not going to try to preach too long. Uh, afterwards, we're going to have a business meeting, but we're going to pass out some financial reports and kind of go through a little bit. It shouldn't take very long at all, okay? So um, let's open up your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23, starting in verse 23. I'm just going to read two verses. And with that verse, the one verse, I... As being in Pastor Boy's, Pastor's Preacher Boy's class, and even in services, he was taught, taught, Pastor Williams, when he was in school, that every, every scripture has one primary interpretation and can have many applications. So this verse, I want to talk about the primary real fast and try to go into a few, a several um, applications to this verse. So Jeremiah 23, chapter 23, starting in verse 23, and we'll read 24 as well. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? That itself is a pretty interesting question if you want to go through the question itself. In verse 24, can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord. If I can ask you to be honest, even as a Christian, to raise your hand, how many here has ever asked the question or something similar to this question, where is God or where are you God? Has anyone ever, let's be honest, even as Christians, have you ever asked that question? It's a, it's a good question, I think, even as a Christian. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, as a person who's not saved, that's an interesting, you can understand that. You know, where is God? Where is he at? Blah, blah, and all these different questions. Sometimes when you see yourself as a Christian, you might be asking it in your heart or you hear someone saying that. and wonder, wait a minute, if you're a Christian, why are you asking that question? There should be no question of where God is. But where is God? I want to go through real fast some verses here. Starting in Deuteronomy, I'm going to go through them fast because I want to not take t- too much time. So I will give them to you later if you want them. So Deuteronomy 4, verse 39. Where is God? In, first, in Deuteronomy, know therefore this day and consider in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath. And there is none else. Psalm. 139, verse 8, where is God? If I ascend up into heaven, David says, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. In Proverbs 15, 
Where is God? In 15 verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Let me just clarify, just for some of us. If his eyes are everywhere, that means he is everywhere. Because, you know, his eyes are, you know, okay. Okay. Just making sure everyone's following with that. Isaiah 60, 66, verse 1. Where is God? Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? And then there's a verse in in Acts 17, verse 27. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one. Well, let me try that again. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. So basically, God is what? Where is he? Everywhere. I just wanted to read those verses to establish that. We as Christians have been living for a long time. As a Christian, we understand that. God is everywhere. God is omnipresent. Um, and these verses, even though they might, he might not say that he's omnipresent, basically when it says that he is in heaven, he is everywhere in heaven, he's everywhere on earth, he's everywhere, nowhere, no matter where he is. So, when you go back to Jeremiah 23, it says, I am a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off. Now, the primary interpretation is this is basically, if you go back and you read all the verses in this context, it's Jeremiah's 10th sermon to the, to the Jews out there, specifically to the false prophets. So, what was going on is you had these people that called themselves prophets of God, but they were not called out prophets from God, like Jeremiah was. So they're going out and around and teaching the, the children of Israel, uh, children of Judah and those, that God's saying this and God's saying this, and I had a dream that God gave me. And what he's saying is, I did not give these people this, these dreams. I did not speak to these people. I have not given you my word, yet you go out there and you're telling everyone that the Lord thus saith... When I did not speak to you, the only one that I'm speaking to is this one here, Jeremiah, that I have established as a called prophet. And if you were listen to what they're saying, everything that they're saying is contrary to what Jeremiah is saying. For example, Jeremiah, through the word of through God, says that there's gonna you're gonna they're, they're gonna go to Babylon, Babylonian captivity for what seventy years. These prophets will say, oh, yeah, we're going to have captivity, but it's only going to be for two years. So they're not teaching the correct things. See, if you're a true prophet of God, you're going to teach and say what God tells you. These people were not touched by God. And he gets to this point where he's talking about it, and he gets to this point here in this verse, and he says, he's asking this question, am I not a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? And I can think of it this way. It's like, okay, don't you think that I can see what's going on here? What do you think? I'm like in a universe far, far away, not knowing what's going on. I'm disconnected here. That's probably what they were thinking. We can do whatever we want. And God's saying, wait a minute, I'm watching you. I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing because I'm right here, even though you don't think I am. 
And that's basically the primary interpretation because it's talking about what he, how he's responding to these false prophets. He says, you're acting like I'm not even around. Do you ever talk to someone, you know, they're doing something and they don't, they don't even think you're around? You're watching them do this, whatever it is, and they act like, oh, I've been watching you the whole time, been sitting here. You, didn't, you know, that's kind of basic how I see it. That's like, I've been here this whole time and you think I'm not. So, now, what I want to do is get into these applications. One, this kind of goes really close to what this interpretation is. There's some people even Christians, who think they can get away with sin. We can do this, we can do that, and no one's ever going to be the wiser. And I was thinking about this, I went back to when I was a young, a young teenager, and I had this knack for pilfering in stores. For those that don't know what pilfering means, stealing. I would go in the store, I would have a knapsack after school, and I would try to go in there and try to steal some candy or, or some type of tasty cake type thing or some type of something edible. And it almost, sometimes it almost became a challenge because I wanted to see if I can do it with it and get away with it. But the thing is, you know, even though you steal and no one sees it, you still sin and God saw it. If a person has committed adultery, adulterous relationship, no one else might know about it, but it's still sin and God saw it and God knows about it. We, must, we might have sins in our heart that no one can see like jealousy, bitterness, pride, whatever. No one knows I have it, so I'm okay. No, but God sees it because God's around and he knows about it. We can't hide it from God because he's near. He's not somewhere off taking a trip where we can get away, think we can get away with it. He's right here. He's near us. And we can't get away with the sin. Um, the second application, and this, these are kind of questions. God does, does God, oh man, I didn't even write this right. Oh, is God not aware of what is going on in this world? How many of you sometimes might listen to the news or read some article here and there about something going on, and you wonder, or as a Christian might wonder, where are you, God? That's some of the questions I've heard people say. If God's here, God's all-knowing, God's all-powerful, why did he let this happen? Where was he? Where was he when that child was run over by a car? Where was he when this person who's been serving him fell, came, came down with cancer? Where was he when this person did this to this person or whatever it might be? Where was he? Where was he? If, if he's here, why did he allow this? Where was he? Sometimes, and we as Christians aren't careful, the devil will try to make us question because of things that are going on. Where is he? Why do we have so? Why, why, why is there so such a big thing with abortion out there? Where's God? Does he not know what's going on? Yes, he knows what's going on. He's here. He knows what's going on. He's not surprised by it. He knows the things that are going on in this world. He knows what's going on in Washington, D.C. He knows what's going on with some of the laws that are being passed. It's not a surprise to him. And I'm, I'm going to get to a point here. Second thing, third or third thing, 
This kind of comes down a little bit more personally. Does God not know our problems? If we're not careful, even as Christians, we can get into such a storm. We can get into such a strait, such hard testing, that we might actually sit there and say, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm in your word. I'm doing this. I'm doing everything. Where are you, Lord? Are you not here? Are you not seeing what I'm going through? Where are you, Lord? And the devil will love to make us question to the point where we have, get to the point where we actually say, God's not around. God's not here. He don't care about me. I'm just going to go do my own thing. But God knows the problems that we are facing because he's there with us. We might not feel him, but doesn't mean he's not there. We might not see him, it doesn't mean he's not there. We might not hear him, it doesn't mean he's not there. You know, how many of us have flown in an aircraft, an airplane? When you're sitting in the seats and you're in the air, have you ever seen the pilot up in the front flying? It sounds like a silly thing, but I don't worry about it because I know the pilot is up there doing his job. But I don't see him. I might not hear him, but I know he's there. It's the same thing in us, in our lives as Christians. He's there. And if we, are, if we take his word to heart, he says, yoke up. if we're yoked up with him, it doesn't make a difference what kind of storm it is. We're yoked up with it. He's going to walk through the storm with us. He's going to be there. He's going to get us through. You know, I'm not going to go in, the, but there's a lot of verses. There's times where the, I'll just, you know, the time when the apostles were on the, on the lake, on the sea, during a strong storm. They didn't know God was there, but God was there. He was out on the storm. He was walking on the water. And there are times, sometimes we can get into such a deep, I don't want to say depression, but we get into a situation where we just feel like everything is going haywire and we wonder, God, are you there? And he's there. He's not a God that's afar off. He is a God that's near at hand. We get to the point, you know, the prom- we had this promise in Hebrews 3, 5, and God said he would never leave thee nor forsake thee. But sometimes we'll get in those situations and we'll ask the question, well, Lord, you said in your word that you'll never leave me nor forsake you, so why are you leaving me? Why are you forsaking me? And it might feel like he is, but he's not. He doesn't go against his promises. He said, but never leave, leave us nor forsake his, us as his children, those that love him. He, he told Moses, Moses told the people, when you go in, the Lord's never going, not going to forsake you. He iterated, reiterated it with Joshua. When you go in, I will not forsake you. God is not going to forsake us if we're his children. But you want to know what? We will forsake him. He will never leave us. But you know what? We will leave him. Do you realize as a Christian today that there is a possibility in a Christian life that God's not with you? No, that's not true because you just said that promise is there. That God's got to be with me all the time. You're just saying that God's near at hand. Yes, but listen. 
He never leaves and he never forsakes, but we leave and we forsake. Listen, if we're going to go out into a world of sin and indulge in our sin, guess what? God's not going to be with you when you're indulging in that sin. Listen, when you're walking along with the Lord and you decide, we decide that we want to jump ahead of him and go far from him, we just left him and we're way out here. He's not with us. Or we might lag back behind him when he's forward, when we're supposed to be with him. Or we might just get off the track, off the path altogether and go our own way. There's a song that says, where is Jesus? When I first heard him, I'm like, this is a crazy song. What are you talking about? And it talks about, where is Jesus? And then the chorus is, where did you leave Jesus behind? See, God has a path for each one of his children. And that's where he's going to be. And he wants us to be with him, lockstep, arm in arm. But when we decide we want to go someplace else and do our own thing, it doesn't mean God's going to say, okay, I'll go with you. God's going to stay where he knows it's supposed to be. We walk away, and we get in a situation where, what's going on? Where, where are you, Lord? Lord, where are you? You said you'd be with me all the time. Well, I would if you didn't leave my side. God's just not going to trample around where we want to go all the time. If we leave him, then we leave his presence. So there are times when God's afar, but it's only because we walked away from him. But many times what we do is when we find ourselves in a situation, what do we do? We blame God. God, where'd you go? God's saying, whoa, I've been here the whole time. Where'd you go? Why did you go there when you needed to be here? So we got to be careful with that. Yes, God said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. But we need to make sure that we're walking with him the way we should be walking with him. The good thing about, well, not the good thing, but the good thing is that when we do decide, and sometimes we as Christians in our lives, we do walk away from God. That happens The good thing is when we get to that point where it's dark and everything's going on and we don't know where God is and we finally figure it out and we're looking around and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, something's not right. We can still call out and he'll hear us. That's what he told the children. When you go out and you sin or you're in captivity, if you call out and you come to me and you pray to me and you seek me, I'll be there. It doesn't take long for God to pick us out of there. Or bring us back into his, his presence, into his fellowship as a child. Maybe you say, you know, I never felt the presence of God. I didn't know. And one other thing, there's another way that you might not have God in your presence if you're not saved. If a person's not saved, don't belong to God, he's not going to be in the presence of God until that person gets saved. That's why it's very important for us as Christians to, especially when we're going through things, when people are around us that aren't saved, to, to realize that we have a God that's there and that we're trusting them. We're not going to move away from his side. Um, 
Now, basically, a lot of that was a kind of a, a negative type of thing, you know, talking about all this stuff. Where is God during oppression when I'm pressed or this and here and sin and everything like that? But when I read these chat, this verse a lot, and in my, in my Bible, I put down by this verse, he is always near. Because when I look at this verse, I know the primary interpretation and I understand the applications. But as a, as a child of God, knowing who my father is, it's a comfort to me as his son to know he's always there. So when I look at this, I'm thinking, well, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter if I understand what's going on, no matter what's happening in, in uh, the White House, in, in, Capitol, in, in, in the, the Capitol, or even in a pier or wherever, well, no matter what's happening in the different places in the world, God is still there. And as a Christian, as a child of God, and it should be a blessing to know no matter what's going on in our life, he's there. He's there. God's never going to take a day off. God's never going to go on vacation. He's never going to take a trip. He's never going to call in sick. He's never going to take a, oh, I need a personal day, so sorry. I don't have to worry about calling up and talking to his uh, secretary and making an appointment to see, I need to talk to you, Lord, or I need to be with you, Lord. I, need, I don't have to worry about all this. When he talks about an open-door policy, he talks about an open door. There's no door. As a matter of fact, he what did with the fail, he tore it in two and it went away. He opened it up. He says, I'm here for you and I'm never going anywhere. Amen. Amen. I am a God that is near, not afar. How many Christians, how many times have you ever gotten to a point, even when you're by yourself or even when you're around, that you stop? You don't even have to close your eyes, but you can fear God. You can feel God. You know he's there. You know he's there. He's right there by your side. Be in the shopping mall, the shopping market, supermarket. You stop. You know, the Lord's right there next to you. We come here into this church. We know when we meet here, we start preaching God's word. We know that God, can I ask you a question? Can you feel God? Do you know God is here? No matter what you're going through, God is there. Because he said he is a God that is near, not afar off. He's not one we got to wait for him to come back because he went on a trip. And as a, as a child of God, it's a blessing to know that he's always there. Like I said earlier, I might not see him, I might not hear him, but I do know that he's there. I might not understand what's going on, but he's there. He sees everything that's happening. And he is working, even though we might not know it. He is working. In Jeremiah, so every time I look at that, I, I, I understand that he's asking this question towards the prophets, but every time I see it, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for being near. Thank you, Lord, for being here at hand. That when I call on him, I know he's going to be there. He might not answer right away. He's God. He doesn't have to answer right away. I mean, we as Christians think that the moment we call out to him, and the moment we ask for something, 
boom, right there. He should, well, I have to have the answer right there, and everything's got to be right there. It's not necessarily true. Jeremiah, you can turn over to Jeremiah 29. Verse 11 through 13. Listen to these words. Now, I understand he wrote these words to the, to the, through, and, and spoke these words through Jeremiah to the people back there at that time. But when I read these words, I think of it now. He's talking to me. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Listen, this is what the Lord is thinking towards his children. Me and you. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me, and get this, and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your hearts. If you're seeking for the Lord with all your heart, it's not going to take long to find him because he's a God that's near and not afar off. He's right there. When you call out to him, he'll be right there. And he's going to be there. And that's just a blessing to know that. Now, in closing, real fast. If you're here today, and you don't think that God is near, that he's not anywhere to be found, we need to find out what our life's like. First of all, we got to realize, are we, are we saved, for one thing? If you never felt the presence of God, we need to ask, are we saved? Do we know who God is? Have we ever asked him into our heart? Because you know what? As we're saved, we're saved people. Where's, where's Christ at? He's right there. He's right here in our heart. He takes residence up within ourselves. He's there. I mean, how, how much closer can he be than right here? So if you have never felt his presence, you didn't, never, never thought he was there, we got to check. And, and you might not be saved. Looking out here, I, I believe from what I, understand, from what I can see, everyone here is probably saved. But I don't know that. So, if we're a Christian, if we're a child of God, and we're asking this question, where are you, God? Maybe we have to sit back and see where we are. Are we running ahead of him? Are we dragging behind him? Or do we totally get off? What's our walk like with the Lord, I guess you can say? Because if we're not walking with the Lord, then, then we're not really with the Lord. And if we're not with the Lord, then he's not near us. We've got to get back to the Lord. That song and that, that, that choir, he says, where is Jesus? And it says, where, to find him, you've got to go back to where you left him. And sometimes as Christians, we leave him. So if we want to be in his presence, we've got to go back to where we left him. And he's going to be there because he's a God that's near and not a God that's afar off. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for this verse, and I thank you for the meaning of this verse. First of all, the primary interpretation that we learned 
Lord, we can't get away with sin. We can't just go do what we want to do and think it's okay. Even though no one else around us sees us, we know that you see it. And as a Christian, as a child of God, I know you're, you're not happy when we, when we sin against you, Lord. Lord, I know that you're always there no matter what the problems are that are going on in this world. I know you're there. You're seen. Nothing's taking you by surprise. And even in my own life, Lord, I know that when I go through the hardest trials and the darkest times, Lord, and I go through the storms, if I would just stand there and for a little bit I can tell that you're there with me, and I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for being a God that's near and not afar off. Lord, thank you for being here tonight, Lord, and Lord, thank you for your message. There's anyone here that's going through any type of hard times, Lord, any problems, things that are making them feel really upset and to the point of despair even, Lord. Let them remember and let them know that you're there near them and you're walking with them and, and, and you're there in their presence. Lord, we thank you for your word and we ask that you would bless it to our lives, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.